Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everybody listening whenever and wherever this podcast finds you. This is Dustin, your host at the Did You Know Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Bjorn Bjorki, and we're going to be talking about the OneCoin scam. If you have not listened to the Missing Crypto Queen podcast on BBC, you're missing out. It's a, a part series and it covers the story of OneCoin and its founder and its disappearance and the possibility that it very well may be the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. They're going to be releasing it very soon on BBC World, which will allow U.S. customers and, and non-EU customers to actually listen to it uh, through iTunes and other podcast platforms. Right now you can listen to it through their browser, which is a little bit awkward, but it's well worth it. Or you can just wait a couple weeks and it'll be there and I'll be tweeting that out as well. It's a very, very interesting story. And I think you guys are gonna be uh, kind of blown away by the depth of just ridiculousness and pure scam that was involved. Before we get into this episode, I wanna say thanks to my sponsors, eToro, who offer a smart trusted trading platform. You can trade cryptocurrencies as well as traditional assets. They have some really cool things like copy trading where you can copy successful traders through their market of 11 million, it's basically a social media market of 11 million other traders. And you can pick people who you think are doing well. You allocate a percentage of your portfolio to them and whatever trades they make, you make. And then they make a little bit of percentage of whatever you make off of them. Everybody wins. It's all great. Go to digiknowcrypto.com slash eToro. That's E-T-O-R-O. You'll get 50 bucks just for signing up. And they'll be happy because my podcast is sending them uh, customers. And I'll be happy because my, you know, my sponsors are happy. So also go over to supportmypodcast.com and you can find ways to support the podcast. But you can also click on the listener supporter discounts. And right from there, you can get, you know, pick health, VPNs, Bitcoin wallets, Bitcoin tax software, and you will get discounts. It's for my listeners only, and that's absolutely free. There is an email list, and all I use that for is to update people on stuff going on in the podcast, as well as new discounts that are going to be coming online, just so you know all about them, and that's all. I don't sell anything on there. I don't do any of that, so I'd appreciate it if you'd also do that. But most of all, I'd like to thank you for listening. I really do appreciate every single one of you guys. Head over to my Facebook, Twitter, most active on Twitter, my Instagram page as well. You can reach out or email me. Feel free if you have ideas about topics or comments on the show. Let me know if there's something you like, if there's something you don't like. I always appreciate feedback. But most of all, I'd like to thank you for listening and enjoy the show. I'd like to welcome Bjorn Birki, engineer in infrastructure and finance, a blockchain specialist, and now famous whistleblower of the OneCoin scam. Bjorn, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dustin. Happy so, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to make time. And, and many of you listening may have been following uh, the Missing Crypto Queen podcast series on the BBC as of late. And if you haven't, you need to. The links will be in the show notes. But the series covers the OneCoin scam that has been ongoing for you know roughly five years now. And you know I was aware of OneCoin in a very topical manner. Um, I'd heard of it, 
but it was just kind of like one of those things I didn't really look deeply into. And I just kind of pushed it off to the side. think it was just another one of these, you know, um, uh, altcoins that had started up and things like that. Uh, but, you know, let's, I, I had, well, I had no idea how big it was, but we'll, we'll kind of uh, get into that and kind of show the breadth and scope of this thing. Um, but let's kind of start at the beginning. Uh, so to set the stage, you know, what is OneCoin? You know, who created it? Who is the team behind it? And how does it operate? So, um, like you said, it started about five years ago. Um, and there was... Uh, uh, this character Ruja Ignatova that uh, uh, had been uh, working with uh, a person called Sebastian Greenwood. Now Sebastian Greenwood had done several, uh, he was involved in several scams, known scams before OneCoin. And he was big into the MLM uh, multi-level marketing uh, scene. And he had many contacts there. And the idea uh, came to make a, a cryptocurrency and use the hype and, and um, you know, blockchain hype words and so on to, to build a scheme. And they actually started together on a project called Bigcoin uh, before they did OneCoin. Uh, Bitcoin didn't last. Uh, for a very long time, it was it was hyped up in China, and um, it, it it failed quite quickly. They probably made around a couple of million dollars on that, but uh, nothing nothing major. Um, I guess Sebastian Greenwood reached out to his network and started uh, connecting to other. Uh, known MLM uh, structures and teams that were out there available. So um, he went, he built this from from connecting to other teams. That's why um, when you look at the numbers of members in OneCoin, uh, I certainly don't believe it's it's 3.4 million people, but there's a lot of people because they were they were not connecting individuals. They were connecting teams of people that already worked in other multi-level marketing schemes. Yeah, and and that was you know a really interesting aspect of it. That I I mean you don't want to call it you know smart just because of the you know how terrible and listening to this series and especially that last episode you just see the kind of human cost of this, of this Ponzi scheme, but just from a, a larger view, it, it was, and, and from um, looking at the history of different scammers and things like that, it was, you know, the, the, the idea of combining the hype um, behind, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the Bitcoin phenomenon and, and blockchain um, that, you know, really kind of took off in 2017 and then combining a very tried and true method of reining people in um, into these these sort of scams of using kind of multi-level marketing and pulling in these top-level MLM folks to promote this thing. I mean, it was it, it, it was just a, a perfect storm of of you know just ability to take hype and hope 
and mix it in with uh, uh, traditional uh, scamming methods and, and make this thing just, you know, absolutely just a, a monster and probably the, the biggest Ponzi scheme in, in history. Probably once we figure out how big it was and, and uh, considering how many countries and um, it, it, that it, it proliferated, it, it very well um, is, is likely to be that. But you, you know, going to your history, you'd been working in, in this space for a few years. And by the time they contacted you in 2016, can you, can you tell us actually how they contacted you and, um, you know, how that all worked out and kind of the, I guess the, the major revelation they kind of let slip during this kind of hiring process. Sure. Sure. So, um, if we start all the way from, from the beginning, I think I heard one coin being mentioned for the first time in May of 2016. Uh, we were just coming out of the pay coin scam and everybody was talking about pay coin. Uh, and then uh, I came in contact with uh, uh, IMA, which is an independent marketing agent, uh, is what the OneCoin people call themselves. And uh, she uh, wanted to talk to me about cryptocurrency. And I kind of, uh, I was busy with other projects. I, I put it aside and then decided to have a meeting with her. Um, at the end of the summer 2016 um and she kind of explained this as a as a centralized system and uh, a controlling company and so on i said you're you're crazy to invest in this uh, decentralization is what gives the security to to cryptocurrency uh but she's like no no you're wrong you're wrong you need someone to control you need someone to to take care of our money and I was like, all right, this this meeting is over. Fascinating to hear your story, but uh, not interested. And then, um, so I kind of had this in the back of my head that there is something wrong here. And also looking around the internet, the, some of the early people like T Temptation, for instance, was uh, uh, writing a lot on Twitter about it being a scam and so on. But I had no insight no real insight to the company to understand that it was a pure scam then suddenly on um, uh, september 28th it was a thursday uh, i got a message on linkedin from a recruitment company in japan and they they reached out to me because they were looking for a blockchain specialist um, since I'd been working with, with Bitcoin and uh, looking at different blockchain projects uh, all the way since the fall of 2013, I had lots up on my LinkedIn that kind of related me to being uh, a blockchain specialist or cryptocurrency specialist. Um, in the initial phone call, they were uh, curious to find out, you know, how much did I know about cryptocurrency and uh, so on and so forth, but there there seemed to be that they had done quite a bit of due diligence on me. They they knew a lot about my background, working with financial institutions, um, working for Dell uh, was one of the things he mentioned, and uh, um, he he was uh, the the interview was quite eager uh, 
and then uh, you know the 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 we agreed on on having a new talk the the weekend after or the week after and so a week went by and he called me i think it was wednesday this must have been like the 5th of october and this time when he called he was on fire he was like Okay, so I talked to the company. Uh, we really, really want you. Uh, we will give you an apartment in Bulgaria. We will give you an apartment in London. We will give you cars in Bulgaria and London. And you can probably have a car in Norway. You can work remotely. We'll give you a, a large salary. Uh, and he was just on fire. He was like, you need to take this job. And I was like, okay, uh, yeah, this seems really, really cool. Like, I really, really want to um like what what is the name of the company let's start with that and he's like no don't don't worry about that don't worry about that i was like okay um why why is this why aren't you telling me what the name of the company is and he's like well um you know there's there are several people that we're looking at but you're the you're the hottest one and i don't want to uh, disclose any information before you know we get a we get a go ahead with you. I was like, all right, that's that's a bit weird, but um, okay. So what will I do for this company? And he's like, okay, so yeah, they've been running for a while. Um, they have this cryptocurrency, and um, uh, as of right now, they're they they need a blockchain. They don't have a blockchain. They're running on. Um, I think it's some kind of uh, database. Uh, and he was trying to explain it, but it, he was obviously not a technical person. So it was kind of hard to pick apart, but it sounded for me uh, a lot like there, there's probably an SQL server behind here or something. And so um, I, I said, well, uh, you know, I would love to come work for this company. Yes, thank you to everything but I need to know the company's name and who is the company. And he said, all right, I'll tell you, it's OneCoin. And I was stunned. I was just like, ooh, okay, this I have to think about over the weekend. I'll give you a call on Monday, I told him. And so that weekend, I was really contemplating. And then as I said, uh, or as I've said several times uh, earlier, um a part of me said you know can i fix this company can i help this company out you know i know there is a rumor about it being a scam but um i mean if i build them a blockchain we reset all the transactions and we do it the right way uh we can fork bitcoin we can fork litecoin uh do something like that and and just you know, start building the wallets from scratch. And, um, you know, there's a possibility that we can fix it. And then talking to my friends in the network, um, everyone was like, no, dude, do not work for these people. These people are dangerous. Stay away from them. And I was like, yeah, Bulgaria hmm, doesn't have, doesn't ring like a lot of trust. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if I I want to deal with this. And then I came to the conclusion that no, I'm going to pass on this opportunity. But uh, you know, there was a part of me that that was like, is this the right thing to do? Um, so 
Monday morning, I tried calling the recruitment office. This was the 10th of October. And uh, uh, no one picked up. And I tried calling again Tuesday. And I think I even called them on Wednesday. And no one picked up. But I was, I was going to tell them that, you know, pass on this opportunity. And uh, then I never heard from them again. Um, and I, you know, I didn't care. I was like every other uh, crypto enthusiast out there. Everybody knows that it's a scam. And I needed to uh, look at other opportunities and other work elsewhere. So uh, this, this kind of just blew away in the wind for me. Um, I didn't pay much attention to it until I saw a blog on LinkedIn. Uh, this was February of 2017. Uh, and it, it, was, it was a blog about how OneCoin is better than Bitcoin. And here are 10 reasons why. Um, I saw that there was quite a few comments. There was about 80 comments on this blog already. Uh, and I read the reasons and I was like, no, 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 no. There is so much wrong in this article. And I wrote, um, uh, I was contacted by OneCoin to build them a blockchain. They don't have a blockchain. I think they're running on an SQL server with some scripted SQL mining or something like that. And uh, within seconds, my phone rang. Um, it was a fellow from uh, Finland that had been following OneCoin and said, "This is this is a major breakthrough. What you just uh, what you just wrote here, um, and and uh, I would love to to write, you know, uh, a story about what you just wrote here because this is a, is this is a breakthrough. We've been looking at the blockchain for such a long time, and we couldn't figure it out. And you're saying it's an SQL server." And he put me in contact with Temptation, and I had about a three-hour phone call with Tim that evening. And then Tim um, told me that he had some people in the authorities that would love to talk to me about this. Uh, the next morning, I was contacted by the German police. Um, and I explained my story to them, and they were like, yes, we... Their English wasn't all that great, and I, I don't speak German. So uh, they were like, I, I, we, we're very interested. We want you to come to Germany. So they basically booked me a flight, and a week later, I was in Dusseldorf talking, uh, being interrogated, basically, by the German police um, on this case. Uh, I spent two days there, and... Um, and uh, the the ball really started rolling after that. Of course, I I spoke a lot to Tim and and uh, this Finnish uh, person that I knew. Um, and um, yeah, the the story took off for me at that point. And and just to to back up a, a little bit so that listeners uh, can can maybe understand is that. You know, can you explain what uh, SQL database is actually, and how it differs from a blockchain, like which is you know, for like bitcoins, just so that they can understand why it's such a stark difference between the two. 
Okay, no problem. So a blockchain that's properly uh, set up and decentralized, open, transparent, what we use for Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, um, and most of the serious coins out there are is a system that is immutable. You cannot change it after the fact. There is no way to change a, a, a transaction from the past. Once you've done the transaction, that gets locked in. And we kind of say it's the same as carving something in rock. Now, you can still destroy the rock, of course, uh, in that example, but you cannot destroy a blockchain because it's not being held in one place. It's decentralized as in there's thousands of nodes that all have the same information. So to destroy a blockchain, you need to destroy all the nodes at the exact same time, uh, which is pretty much impossible when the nodes are spread out globally. An SQL server or a series of SQL servers, uh, you can interconnect several SQL servers to, to keep a traditional database or data store of uh, transactions or uh, any kind of information, really. However, all the information can be changed at any time from a central point, meaning an administrator could delete the database, he could change the transaction, he can um, do whatever. And also in, in SQL or uh, in, the, in the world of databases, um, there are multiple logs on who does what. So you would be able to see if something is changed, um, then there would be a log entry, administrator has deleted so-and-so in the database. Um, so there's, it's completely open for someone with access to, to uh, take it. And of course, hackers and so on. I mean, banks use mostly SQL's databases. Uh, bank systems and stockbroker systems are based off of SQL or equivalent databases. And they're highly, highly protected behind several firewalls in a central location with a central authority of, of administrators. Um, this because they want to protect so that nothing gets changed or if something gets changed, it's them that's doing it. Uh, blockchain doesn't have any authority because it's all being run by the individual nodes. And so no node has more power than any other node. If you try to change something in the blockchain on your node, you just get kicked off the network by all the other nodes because they don't have the same changes. Therefore, blockchain cannot be changed. Hey, you know, when, when I was listening to this story, it reminded me a lot of uh, and th this was kind of a, a more regional thing that I just happened to be aware of, but DMG Bank, um, I'd worked with some people in Latin America when I was overseas, and most of them were all in on this. And it was a bank that you'd basically give them your money, and after six-month lockup, they would return double whatever you deposited. And during that time, they actually had a way you could pre-spend money on products, kind of somewhat similar to what OneCoin had, um, where they offered this 
thing through the bank that, you know, they also jacked up the rates and the cost of these things. But we tried to tell these guys that it was a scam, but the bank had been kind of preempting this and they, uh, they kind of had their own martyred Messiah line of, you know, the government spreading lies because the bank is just here to help the people. And we're not trying to screw you over like the government banks are. And it was like over 4 million people in, in this area of Latin America got caught up in it. And it eventually, you know, collapsed as all Ponzi's do. But I mean, technically, OneCoin is still operating right now as we're talking. Yes, definitely. If I'm correct. Yeah. Um, people are getting scammed as we speak. Uh, and the reason for this is one of OneCoin's major golden rules, and that is do not go after technical people, do not go after people that use Twitter a lot. Do not go after people that are obviously uh, highly involved in, in using the internet every day. So they meet up at yoga classes. They meet up at, um, you know, they go to Africa where people don't have access to the internet. They go to Southeast Asia. Uh, in the Western world, it's been mindfulness and yoga classes and also the Muslim community uh has has seen a major blow uh the reason for the muslim community is not so much the the lack of technical knowledge because there's many muslims out there that that definitely are technical however the family structure in muslim communities are so tight-knit that if you can get one uh member of a family you're basically signing on 150 people uh so that's you know, you get one of these guys hooked on one coin and he promotes it to his mom, his dad, his brothers, his sisters and their uncles and their aunts. And, and it just spreads like wildfire. And I've seen this. I've seen this in practice where uh, a, a family member of a huge family gets contacted on Monday and by Friday, 150 people of his family members are signed into one coin. That's how fast it goes. Also. Um, in most cases, and this is like reoccurring a lot lately, and we're talking not more than two weeks ago, I got contacted by a person that had been to a mindfulness seminar and where they talked about, you know, grab opportunities, say yes to opportunities and be open to the world coming to you and all this. And then suddenly a, a recruiter from OneCoin shows up in the break and says, okay, so I got an opportunity for you. And uh, it was all about investing um, $1,000, $1,000 to get in. And, and uh, you know, there were about 200 people that were approached. And I think about 150 of them said, yes, we want to take this opportunity. I'll get you $1,000 within three days. This one person called me up and said, I just saw a video because I'm, I'm, trying to sell some stuff on the internet to go pay one coin in two days. Um, I need a thousand dollars, but then I saw your video and you're saying that it's a scam. Is it a scam? And I was like, yes, stay away from this and give me, give me all the information you got, who contacted you. Do you have an email address and, and so on and so forth. And, um, this person really helped me out. Um, and of course, I forwarded all the information to uh, to the local authorities, to my contact people that I know are in contact with the, with the FBI. Um, 
And um, the, it's as soon as people invest $1,000, one coin jumps on that opportunity because they see it as an opportunity. This person has bought in. And more times than not, the same pe person goes in with another $5,000 within a week. So in total, $6,000 in the first week of joining OneCoin is the most common example that I hear about all the time. So it's like, jeez. Hmm, well, the, the, the way that they actually do this is they, they and it seems like a, the way that they were doing this was to avoid being legally liable but they kind of did it in a very uh, haphazard way of you know where it's, it's not gonna be that hard to prove but they you know because w the way that pyramid schemes are are under most laws you know kind of uh, defined is we are promising people a, a return um of a you know or a product or something where there there's actually no value there and so if i just say hey you know if you buy my widget and you know uh, yeah. in within yeah. a year it's going to be worth triple so they were actually selling these through educational products correct exactly so we looked at the educational products and and they're of course just a, a bunch of crappy plagiarized documents from uh, finance for dummies and uh, and similar books like that it was it was cut and paste straight out from from some of these books uh, and they also go through that in, in the podcast. But um, yeah, when I saw the, the mail that, that this person that contacted me two weeks ago uh, had received, uh, first, the first sentence was, you said yes to investing in OneCoin on Saturday. So uh, I'm going to hold you to that on Wednesday when you pay me the $1,000. Uh, and then there was a long, long mail. I mean, this must have been six or seven pages of complete, like, font size eight text explaining the company and explaining Ruja Ignatova and how she sold great and blah, blah, blah. And I found one small sentence in the middle of this whole mess where it says, by the way, you're not investing, you're buying educational packages. And that was the only sentence in, the, in this six, seven page mail uh, with font size eight uh, that, that had anything about the educational package. Um, and the, the way they, you know, it used to be like a, a, a price and then an educational package. But the scammers right now are just taking any amount and then trying to match it to whatever package. And then they um, basically just hand you a, a code that you can redeem on, on OneCoin's website um, where you get the educational packages. But what they sell that code for is not the prices that that were on the website uh, anymore. Right now, it's just complete cowboy. Um, take whatever money you can get from this person and and give them a code, and then they get a package uh, close to what they paid for, or close to what the old prices were. 
the, the way that they do that is because the, the coins are free with the education and they're promising that these are basically like mining tokens. Yeah. So, so... They're, they're, they're almost putting out like a proof of stake, even though there's no blockchain, it's almost like a proof of stake system, uh, but can, there's I, really no mining in there. I can explain that a little, I, you know, this is for sure. I mean, this is very obvious when, once you get in, because it's all about keeping the customer waiting to get a payback. Uh, how long can we keep uh, a new victim or <laughs> a new customer of OneCoin in the system before they start raising red flags? So what they do is they say, okay, with your educational package, you get 1 million mining tokens. And then they say they have a difficulty right now of, say, 90 mining tokens for one OneCoin. Now, to mine your mining tokens to get OneCoin, it takes about two months. But here's the twist. If you hold on to your mining tokens and not put them into mining, we will split them every two months. So every two months, you get twice the amount. You will get 2 million mining tokens next, or in two months. And if you hold on a little longer, you will get even more. So there's not an not a unlimited amount of splits. But uh, with some packages, there are two splits. Uh, some packages have five splits. Uh, but then we looked at the top, top, top packages. And... Uh, there's like mining tokens with 15 splits and no waiting time on on the mining. So apparently the rules don't apply to the people that put in the most money. <laughs> but for the average user, they have to sit there and wait and wait for their mining tokens to be split into twice as many tokens. So two months go by, then another two months go by, then they put their tokens into to this what they call mining, which is of course nothing like regular cryptocurrency mining. Regular cryptocurrency mining is security work, uh, which has to do with mathematical problems. Not there's no uh, tokens there that that you need to put in. But um, in one coin, that's what they said it was, and then after six months you start getting your one coin. And then, of course, when you get your one coin, you then get put into this new category of, okay, so we're waiting for the exchange to come up. But in the meantime, you can go to DealShaker and spend your one coin there. Now, DealShaker is kind of like a, a, a flea market. Um, I, I would encourage anyone to go into dealshaker.com, look at the products. And if you find more than 10 products you really want, um, you, uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen a person that wants 10 products on, on DealShaker. Uh, it's basically just crap. It's handmade dolls. It's uh, uh, like bed sheets from China and it's it's just crazy uh stuff it's it, there's nothing there of value 
and uh, and then <laughs> and even OneCoin sells their their T-shirts on there. However, they say on DealShaker that you have to pay fifty percent in euros and fifty percent in OneCoin. Now the T-shirts that they sell that are OneCoin T-shirts are nine nine euros, uh, basically nine dollars, um, and uh, and uh, like five. Uh, one coins or one one coin. I, I, I'm not 100% sure how many one coins, but so even the company itself does not take 100% one coin. They still want you to pay some of it in in euros, probably to cover their own cost for the t-shirts. So they're basically doing t-shirt sale for 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 free and getting all these crappy one coins back. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's you know people have so much hope and and of course the value of one coin also goes up every every uh two months or so um but that's there's there's and no that's set internally correct yeah there's no system behind what the value of the coin is compared to the market or anything like that it's just it's basically Konstantin uh, Ignatov and and Ruja Ignatov before that that decided okay today where the price of Bit or the price of one coin is uh, adjusted uh, up five uh, percent or ten percent and and I don't know if you remember the scene in the in the big uh, 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 swindle case in New York City uh, Bernie Madoff. Big short. Yeah. No. Bernie oh. Madoff. Oh. Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah. Uh, one of the one of the witnesses in his case said, uh, "The first thing I noticed is that there was no volatility. It was just going straight up, and it so it had to be a scam." <laughs> and that's the exact same thing with OneCoin. OneCoin has never gone down in price. It's always climbed. There's like a steady staircase of climbs upward. It has never fallen in value, according to the company. So, I mean, there's no real-world value here. If they ever manage to get an exchange up, and I don't, I don't really see a reason why they couldn't get an exchange up. Uh, they can make one themselves. They can use the same SQL server that they already have and just make an exchange out of that. Um, but what will happen is that you then let the market set the price. And because there's a major supply of one coin and and nobody wants to buy one one coin, so supply and demand here um the, the, there's no demand there's just supply. this coin would just crash to zero within seconds of opening that exchange um unless the company decided to buy some coins back, but I mean they're they're uh, they're interested in money. They, you know, we've often talked about this in the cryptocurrency space about the blue pills and red pills. So blue pills are the people buying cryptocurrency as an investment to get their dollars out. Red pills are the people that go into cryptocurrency to change the world, and they don't want dollars out. They they want dollars to disappear, basically. Um, they want a, a world of cryptocurrency 
and uh, and uh, and blue pillars just want to to make an investment and and have some fast money. Um, and and OneCoin is all about investing and getting your euros back. There's never any, you know, they say it's about changing the world, but none of them believe it. Not, not even Ruja Ignatova believes that, that, you know, it's all about getting your investment back. It's not about changing the world. So there is a very contradictory message from, from the leadership there. Yeah, and I mean, it's not that it's it's difficult if you look at just the amount of coins on something like Binance or any of these other major exchanges. The idea that they that they couldn't just have, if they were operating in, in somewhat good faith, couldn't have gotten listed on some of these major exchanges at, at any point. I mean, and in 2016, I mean, it, it would not have been very difficult at all to get listed. But the problem would have been by doing so is that all of these major exchanges, whenever they do that, they are usually running any wallets to support are usually running their own full node um, for whatever products that they support. And if you did do that, that would obviously uh, reveal quite quickly that there, that there is no blockchain to be, to be spoken of um, because there, there's no way to run a node because everything is just done internally on a database. Exactly. And I, I was I was looking at Deal Shaker right now, and it's a, a very very uh, luxurious selection of products here. Uh, you know, just like homemade perfumes, and it looks like some sort of sake. I have no idea. Yeah, it's yeah it, some Russian Russian perfume. I think I'm not sure. I mean, you if you look around long enough, you probably find one thing that you might have bought at uh, Amazon or something like that, but. Try to find 10 products that you really want. I, I, it's like I dare you to try to find 10 products that you really want because there isn't. There simply is not 10 products on that website. And there are, there are thousands of products on the website. It's not a lack of products. It's just that it's all crap. It's all fake crap. It's uh, fake jewelry. Uh, water vitamin waters and and fake homemade perfumes like you said it's just and and deal shaker was like their major like retort whenever anybody would you know earlier on um would would be would be uh criticizing them of uh and and even internally that that was their defense yeah was that it was the uh, one of the world's largest like exchanges or providers of liquidity and financial markets. And you go to this thing and it's like a really bad eBay. Yeah. It's, it's, they, they say that um, they wanted to bring usability to the coin. That's why they created deal shaker. Now this is quite a a good idea actually, but uh, we already have that in Bitcoin. Uh, You can buy an Amazon gift card for Bitcoin. You can buy, um, or you could buy at least uh, Microsoft products for Bitcoin. Overstock.com takes Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin is is definitely being a used commodity. Um, I would say, you know, a, a lot of people are blue pillars and have just bought it for investment. 
but in Bitcoin, there is a usability to Bitcoin, definitely. Um, and it's a great way to, you know, send money uh, as in remittances to uh, other countries because every country in the world can now trade uh, or, yeah, trade Bitcoin for, for local currency. Um, OneCoin, however, is it's just it's a centralized database you have to log into their website they don't have a mobile app so you can't you can't buy anything on on the fly when you're outside if a store took one coin you can't just pick up your phone then you would have to go into their web page at least and uh, and then deal shaker is also you know just a centralized uh not that it it needs to be de decentralized but it's just you know, it's a it's a store. However, the store does not take any responsibility. So it's up to the users to to send the products and and take the orders and and so on. So it's just a, a matchmaking site for shitty products towards a shitty token. And and you experienced quite a bit of of churn uh, during this this whole period. And you had basically one coin tried to sue you uh, and you had a lot of issues as well uh, as far as for, you know, trying to to find um, or at least the the uh, the first law firm that you were working with had uh, had to let you go because of a previous association with one coin. I was wondering if you could kind of. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, like, so go over the um... litigation aspect. Um, so, you know, uh, first of all, Adolf Hitler, uh, was a really, really bad man, but he was also extremely intelligent. So don't underestimate that bad people can also be smart people. And this is one of the most intricate parts of this scam is that they took parts, small parts, like. Uh, the registration of the company and went to law firms or parts of the uh, educational material. And they went to different law firms, as many law firms as possible around Europe and around the world and asked lawyers there, could you verify, could you write a piece of paper that verifies that we are registered in Bulgaria? Can you write a piece of paper that this really is educational material? And of course, law firms are like, yeah, this is a quick thousand dollars. Yeah, I'll write you a paper. Uh, this and this law firm verifies that this is educational material. That's it. Now, what happens in, in that case is that they get on the client list of all those law firms. So they're a pre-existing customer of the law firm. Now. In my case, I was working with a, a very large uh, European, uh, or I think it's even global law firm. Uh, I'm unfortunately not allowed to say what law firm it was, but um, one of the biggest ones. Uh, and they said, you know, we'll help you out. We'll do this for free. We just, you know, we love to get into the cryptocurrency space and we want the publicity. And then we started working on the case and suddenly a piece of paper came out from a different country 
of this law firm that said, Ooh, OneCoin is on our client list. We cannot um, have a case against a previous client. This is illegal. So OneCoin made sure that they had so many law firms uh, or their name on, on client lists on so many law firms. So the law firms cannot uh, go against OneCoin because they're a previous client. Even though the job they did for OneCoin was minuscule, uh, they're still a previous client, and therefore you're kind of locked down. But I managed to track down another lawyer that had nothing to do with OneCoin and had never done, and it was it was a, a very small law firm, but a, a hard hitting one. And um, and uh, you know, I got sued by OneCoin, uh, a local lawyer here in in uh, Norway, um, sent me a, quite a threatening letter, uh, saying that you know uh, that I should come up to his office straight away. I should not contact any other lawyers, and I should sit down in the discussion with him to discuss how many millions of dollars I owe OneCoin for the defamation I have caused OneCoin. And uh, of course I did not go to his office and sit down with him. I went you know, uh, hunting for another lawyer and I, I found the lawyer and um, basically all their claims was that I had uh, I'd called them a criminal scam, I'd called them a scam. I've said that everyone that is involved in Bitcoin are feeding a criminal network with money. Um, which you know we know now is completely true, but at the time it was hard to prove. And my lawyer said, "Well, this is this is freedom of speech. You're allowed to say whatever you want. Um, this is not defamation. They have to prove that they're not a criminal organization." Um, and as I understand from all the articles and all the warnings of different financial authorities around the world. Uh, they have still not proven that they're not a criminal organization. So you are within, um, so he pointed to the, the European um, uh, ground law, I guess it's called, like the European constitution, basically, saying, you know, freedom of expression. Bjorn Birke is within the freedom of expression to say whatever he wants until you can prove that what he says is not true. And of course, they never uh, proved it. the uh, the court uh, The courts decided to to just send a letter back to me and and to the lawyer that was suing me that this case is way too complicated. OneCoin will get one year to complain that we are not taking on this case. So it got tossed out basically, um, and I never I never heard from that lawyer again. And that that's a really smart thing. I've heard of that being done in divorce settlements where one of the one of the people involved will actually go to all the like the top divorce lawyers, do a basically a consultation with all the really good ones so that the their spouse when they go to look for one is unable to because they they've been a previous client. And it, I mean that that's just uh, you know, like like once again I I hate to use the word um very smart, but yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, it is. And it, is. it was um, it's it, it was, you know, quite 
you know, just quite intelligent way of going about, you know, trying to, I mean, obviously I think they knew what they were doing and at some point the thing was going to unravel, which is, I mean, if you look at Ruja and what she, you know, the way she disappeared, that they had plans in place. This was not probably just a, uh, on the fly uh, disappearance that, you know, things have been put in place to do that, but, you know, trying to keep it going as long as you can. Uh, and I mean, technically, like we said too, as well, it's, it's still ongoing and you've had threats um, as well. Was this from just individuals on, on, you know, that, that were involved with one coin investors that were angry because you were, you know, quote unquote, harming their investment, or was this of of more? Because there's been intimations of organized crime involvement um, in in the in the podcast. Uh, I was just wondering if this was more just individuals on the internet, or w- was this a kind of a more concerted effort? So uh, a lot of it's been on the internet. Um, I've had I've had uh, one specific phone call from a hidden number, which said. Uh, uh, is this Bjorn Bjorki? Uh, the mafia does not like being called the mafia or criminal network, and they hung up. That was very scary when I got that phone call. Um, other than that, there's been you know people saying, uh, um, "Hope you sleep well tonight because you're not going to wake up tomorrow." Um, a lot of stuff like that, and also we have that machine gun video i don't know if you've seen that but um there's a, there's a no i have not there's a character called uh, king james out of uh, the caribbean i think he's in trinidad tobago area and he made um he was at a shooting range shooting off a, a, a major a fully automatic weapon and then he said uh, i'm i'm gunning for you haters um and uh, you know who you are. Uh, and of course, uh, Tim, uh, Jen, and myself are probably uh, the three people in the world that, that uh, deserve that title more than anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> And haters was the term that they used internally anytime that there was somebody that questioned one coin or anything like that. That was just kind of the 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 way that one coiners, if you want to call them that, would would talk about anybody that criticized one coin. Exactly. So um, I'm I'm known inside the one coin network as the blockchain hater, um, and they they always refer to me as as um, the blockchain hater or the blockchain whistleblower uh, or probably not whistleblower because that would admit guilt. But uh, I don't know if you. Uh, saw what was going on uh, yesterday in the court case in, in New York City where Konstantin uh, Ignatov basically admitted that this is a fraudulent company with connections to criminal activity and all the money is basically criminally um, accumulated. And uh, he, he said that he had no no understanding of blockchain and did not know that there wasn't a blockchain uh, in the, in OneCoin, but that it's you know most probably true uh, that there is no blockchain. But that that also shows how far up the system this goes, like how 
how they've been holding secrets internally. Because if Konstantin Ignatov, if he's telling the truth that he didn't know about the blockchain, um, there's basically just, you know, less than a handful of people that, that know what I have basically proved uh, that, uh, you know, all of the functions and all of the things that has been happening in Bitcoin is extremely hard to, to run on a blockchain. And uh, similarly, in an SQL server, it's the easiest thing. It's, it's some of the easiest functions you can do with an SQL server is exactly what they're doing. That's where the pure conclusion of this is based on that it's an SQL server and not a, uh, not a blockchain. Um, but I have, I've still not seen any concrete proof that we're talking about an SQL server here other than the, the, the functionality of how the coin works from, from the exterior. Um, but I can definitely prove that it's not a blockchain. Those functions that, that they have done with the coin have, I, I don't even know where to start. Uh, if, uh, if that was a blockchain function, I wouldn't even understand fathom how they could build that into a blockchain. Uh, stuff like, freezing people's accounts stuff like doubling people's coins um stuff like uh, uh there's something called the winter wonder wheel where they take your coins and they kind of spin it around the wheel and double them or triple them or and uh and this is just like you can't do that with a blockchain however it's very easy to do it with an sql server I really, you know, enjoyed talking to you today and I you know want to thank you for because right now with this podcast it's it's you know become kind of a, a worldwide phenomenon of of you know just press and and people kind of coming to this realization but for a lot of years um and with all the kind of things that have happened to you and it just you know, just kind of really interfered and with your life and, you know, having to deal with litigation and threats and, and moving because of those that it, it was quite a sacrifice on your part to do that. And uh, I just want to say thank you for, for doing that. And where can people follow you and uh, get in contact with you? So, um, you know, please follow me on, on Twitter. My Twitter handle is uh, Mr. Bitcoin Norway. Uh, and also, uh, if you'd like to contact me, uh, LinkedIn is the best uh, way to contact me. Um, I don't really answer messages uh, directly sent to me on Twitter because I'd like to see who I'm talking to. Uh, so that makes LinkedIn uh, a somewhat better option to contact me. If you have a, a dull, very bad profile, I, I, uh, I'm not going to speak to you. But if you have a legit uh, profile on LinkedIn, uh, I, uh, I pretty much answer every, every uh, request I get there. Well, once again, I'd, I'd like to thank you. And, and for all the listeners, I will have links to all the uh, different articles and, and as well as Bjorn's uh, contact and, and Twitter handle on the show notes at digiknowcrypto.com slash EP58 for episode 58. And thanks again. Thank you very much.